What's up, everybody? It is. Oh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm just getting a text from my in-laws. You married people out there, let me ask you: Do your how much do you communicate with your in-laws? Big question for me. Let me tell you this: I've been off booze, dude. I've been off booze. I've been off booze for 18 months, year and a half. So, like, I found that I'm trying different stuff because I'm off booze. You know what I mean? So, the other night, we go out to dinner with another couple. We got a babysitter. God damn it. Let me tell you something. You know how great it is? How great is it when you get a babysitter and you're like, bye. I love you guys. But I don't need to know anything. Whatever happens from this point till I get home, as long as you're alive and asleep when I get home, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Well, you know. We left. So my our friends, they can't they have a younger kid, so they gotta put that kid down before the babysitter gets there. We can our kids are older now. We're finally they can just like whatever. So we go to this restaurant to go. I said to my wife, I'm like, let's go get a drink and apps. Like I still like going to bars, you know. But like now I try new things. So we go to this restaurant. And they had, I'm like, what do you got for non-alcoholic drinks? They're like, oh, we can do blah, blah, blah. And they go, you know, we also have like this grapefruit soda. And I was like, grapefruit soda? Now, back when I was drinking, I, you think I would ever be like, yeah, let me go get a grapefruit soda? No. They gave me this, Caritos, is that the name of the company? You know, they come in the green bottle, C-A-R-R-I-T-O-S, I think the name of it is. It was unbelievable. Excuse me. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. All I want to do is be on a beach in Argentina eating shrimp tacos. I don't even know if they have them in Argentina. And Caritos grapefruit soda. It was the best. So now I went out and got the Sevilla kind, which is just like no sugar. Plenty of cancer, but no sugar. Grapefruit citrus. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's my own personal treat. I like pampering myself. You know what I mean? I like to pamper myself, guys. And for me, a pampering, a little pampering is a little grapefruit soda. Another move I like to pull. Like, I try not to eat late at night now, but last night I was just, you know, you have ups and downs. And I was like leaving a show. You know what? I'm at this point. I just walked from this show. It was a very star-studded show, tons of amazing comedians, and I just get kept getting bumped and I was like, yeah, I get it, you know, because but I'm also been in the game a long time, like I don't need to hang out and get bumped. I get up in my, in the morning, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, I get up and I have kids, so for me to be going on stage unknowingly an hour and a half later than I thought is just like something I'm not down for. So I bounced. I'm like, "Well, I'm out. I'm just going to go." And I went home. And because I was a little bummed, I went and got some tacos. And I enjoyed it. I like a little treat. Anyway, this Sevilla feels like a little treat. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Jay. Um, new date added, you guys. I don't know how many of you are in the... North Carolina area, Wilmington, North Carolina, but I'll be there April 17th and 18th at the Dead Crow Comedy Club. I've heard nothing but great things about this spot. I've heard nothing but great things about the town, and I'm pretty stoked to be coming out. Also, April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, Burlington, Vermont. Some of you like have told me you're coming through social media or whatever, but like, let's, what, let's get out there. Let's get out there. I would love to be packed in both of those shows. So here's the deal. If you live close, do me a favor. Put a post out on Facebook and tell your friends, hey, one of my favorite comedians, <laughs> even if I'm not, is coming to town. Who's coming with me? And put up the wrong number clip. I know this seems like a daunting task to you because it's a daunting task to me. But like I would greatly appreciate it. If you just put like a clip up there like, hey, if you don't know this guy, he's coming to town. Like, Who wants to come? Share with your friends. You know, let's do a pyramid scheme, guys. Let's do a pyramid scheme. Do me a solid. Like, the more people that come out means the more likely I am to come back. 
So if you do like me and you're going to come to a show or you have friends that live near Burlington or Wilmington, hit them up and be like, yo, you should go see this cat. It means the world to me if you do it. If you don't do it, it's just like you're not really soaking up life. You know what I mean? You're not really like saying like, oh, fuck, let's be a part of life. You're not. And that's a fact. Okay? That's a fact. This podcast is free. For those of you that paid for my special, me being me, I appreciate you beyond belief. You paid $7 for an hour of content, which means for every minute you watched, you paid like what? God, I'm not just going to show how bad I am at math. $7, 10 cents? No. How would that work out? Times 160 minutes would be six bucks. Yeah, about 10 cents a minute. Man, that's a pretty good rate. Anyway, come out to those shows. And if you're not following me on social media, what are you doing? Jay Larson Comedy on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I just recorded Sam Marill, and uh, so by now you guys have seen it. God, I like that kid. There's just comedians that I, I always appreciate a comedian who's a great joke writer. And Sam and I talked about it if you watched it. I'm conversational. I like my comedy to be conversational. I want, it to, I want people to feel like we're in a living room and I'm just telling a story and I'm talking and that they know me. That's just the way I always saw comedy. I never, I never like Sam mentioned, he took a class... And there are great joke writers, and I don't know if the, the class inspired him to like write the way he does. I believe that if if he had never taken a class, he would have just he still would have been the the comedian he is now. And uh, there's some joke writers I don't like to watch because I'm just like you're too formulaic, you know, you're too set in this structure. It's it it's doesn't seem organic to me. But I love the way. Go watch his special if you haven't watched it. One, because he's extremely funny. Two, he's got a great cadence, which when I met him, I was like, we've talked before, but I just expected to hear the cadence because I watched his special recently, and I didn't. I was like, oh, yeah, that's like it's that's part of his stand-up is how he delivers a joke, and that's like so important to me. I'm like, ah, oh, there's so much craft that goes into it. And it... It's funny, not a lot of stand-ups get me to the point where I'm appreciating comedy so much. Some of you uh, are maybe new to the podcast because I just opened for Nate Bargatze in Phoenix and Albuquerque. Amazing shows. Amazing shows. What What a fan base. I love my fans. You guys are respectful. You're truthful. You're funny. And you're caring. And I mean, what am I talking to my kids? But I, I honestly appreciate that. I feel like so much of those qualities are lost in the world today. And I really feel like you guys are exemplify those characteristics. And uh, I appreciate that. And when I saw, met and saw a lot of Nate's fans, I was like, wow, yeah, he's got a great fan base. These people have such a great respect and appreciation for comedy. That was awesome. So if you're new to the pod... I appreciate you being here. And as always, my through-liners, I appreciate you as well. I want to get some other road dates on the books. I'd like to come to some other places. Uh, you guys know my deal. So if you want me to come somewhere, hit me up. and be like, dude, why the hell are you not trying to get to so-and-so? It's a great place. I go there all the time. Some of you, maybe you don't even go out to cl- comedy clubs. Maybe you need to start getting out there more. Because I'll tell you this right now. I need to be doing more. I've been writing a ton, scripts and stand-up, but I mean, I need to be doing more like taking things in. I need some fun hobbies, things to do. I don't know. And I'm about to ask you guys, hey, tell me some cool things that you do, please. You can always email me, holidaybakeryproductions at Gmail. Sometimes it takes me a while to get back because I'll read your emails and then I'm like, oh, and I take it in, I start thinking, and then I go on to another email. But I will, I always try to get back on those some people DM me on Instagram. I try to always get back on those. Again, sometimes I, I get distracted. As an example, my buddy who I've known for 19 years, 
I married him. He texted me this morning, asked me about something for the weekend. I asked my wife. Her response was a longer or needed more explanation than a text. So I called him. I got his voicemail and I didn't text him back. And then he texted me like two hours later. Like He's like, so what do you think? And, I, and I'm like, yo, I, I forgot to text back. So I do it in every aspect of my life. But I was thinking, I'm asking you guys to tell me what you love. Even though I had just written down, like I wrote down some things I'd like to talk about today. By the way, I started coaching T-ball or five pitch, which is like you pitch to the kids and if they don't get it after five pitches, it goes on a tee. You would think like, you couldn't come up with a more creative name? How about like, you know, not quite hitting yet. Like literally five pitch. What's five pitch? You get five pitches, you don't get a hit, you go to the tee. Um, and I was like having so much anxiety about it. I was having so much anxiety. And it's because like you got to – I'm like when I did T-ball, I think it's like PTSD from T-ball, like wrangling these kids. Like I I try to make a curriculum for each practice so like so that I like have structure for them or they're going to be all over the map. Like if you don't know what you're going to do next with the kids. Anyway, we had a blast. I had so much fun with these kids. There is nothing – that gets me more inspired, I think, than seeing young people like thirsty to learn, whatever it is, you know? And as much as I, I hate video games, I don't hate, I don't know why I do. I don't know why I'm so anti. I'm anti technology. I'm just anti this. Maybe because I just like, I mean, I was into Nintendo like, like any other kid. So, it's something I'm working on to get over and be like, well, just like figure out like the capacity because we had our son's birthday and there were video arcades and like part of the thing is we gave every kid like a card to play and my son was just like over the moon. We don't have any video games at home and he was just loving it and he loves it and we're like, oh, maybe it's because we don't have it that he loves it so much and that's why he obsesses over it. Who knows? Either way, something for me to get over. But the T-ball, like these kids are like just seeing like a little five-year-old stare at you like as you're talking, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then like trying to put it to action. We have a four year old on our team, and he doesn't talk that much. And I'm like, listen, you gotta, you gotta step, point your elbow. I'm teaching him how to throw, and like some of these kids know how to do it, but like you have to tell them. And then I was realizing, like, oh man, the more I'm telling them, I want to tell them just so it sits in their head. Just let it. Like it doesn't have to be something that they can conceptualize at the moment I'm saying it, but I want it to be something that. It goes right back here because you know their brains have so much space. They Not only do they not have torment blocking their learning or memory, they don't have, it's just like they've never swallowed gum. You know what their digestive system looks like? It's gorgeous. It's clean. It's like they're a brand new car. You know what I mean? They're brand new. There's no problems with, I mean, there might be, but. And uh, their brain is like they have that capacity. So I'm sitting there like telling them, don't forget, point your elbow, step. And like for them, sometimes you just need to get the ball and just do the action. But I want them to understand, you know, it's like Sam said on the podcast, like show your work about something. And it's like showing your work. When you give them the words, they can then hopefully they're doing it. And their brain, even if they're not remembering it, their brain remembers because your brain's a computer. It's just happening on its own. It's going no matter what you're doing. It's doing things to remind you of that. It knows that that can is over there, and I can just reach out, grab it, and it's there. I'm not even looking at it. It knows that stuff. You know, so even if I just tell... Jesus Christ. I don't, first of all, what am I, a fucking... I don't know what I'm talking about. This is just what I'm assuming. Anyway, it was just really nice to watch these kids be inspired and be excited and wanting to learn and like they almost like there's like this little thing in them like that they want you to see that they can that they're getting it it's so cool it's so cool and it's made me realize i'm like man even if my son or daughter doesn't want to play sports i feel like i'd still coach you know like i i something i really enjoy about it and i really like and i hope i i hope i do a good job i don't know um Anyway, I had written down that I can't stand when people tell me things that I would like. I'm asking you to tell me things you like, but I can't stand. You like you ever like tell someone they're like um so is anyone out there like I'm now I'm asking you guys. 
who's watching The Outsider on HBO? Anyone watching The Outsider? How many people were just like, I am, Jay. Feel free to talk back to me. This is the kind of thing I would like to do, like, if I was going to do a live podcast, is do this thing, ask questions, and be able to interact off it, not just present. Because that's the one thing that I love about stand-up that I miss from this, is like, you know, we're not getting, I can't get any feedback from you guys. Um, unless you DM me or write me and ask me to talk about things. Anyway, like if you say, like I can't stand when I say this, I'm like, oh dude, this because this is what I'm finding with people in general lately. We all love to talk, but no one wants to listen. Nobody, nobody fucking wants to listen. They all just want to talk. How often are you having a conversation with someone and you're telling them something that's happening in your life? Or they're telling you, rather. They're telling you, and you're just like, yeah. And you're listening, and you're focused, and you're right there. And then you're like, oh. And now it's like, you know, like conversations work. Now it's your turn to share a little. And then you start talking. They're like, yeah. And they're like, check their phone. And they're looking over at their dog. Nothing annoys me more. I got a friend with his dog. Nothing annoys me more that when you're talking, and they're just like, oh, hold on. Like, I don't do it with my kids. You know what I mean? Even if I do, sometimes I'm like, all right, and then I'm right back here. Unless they're getting like, they're holding an axe, I'm just like, whatever, you know? And the next level of this, okay, the next thing that I cannot stand, you start talking to someone, hey, how about, uh, you watching The Outsider? And they're like, no, is it good? I'm like, oh, dude, it's so good. And then they're like, you know what you would love? Homeland. And you're like, oh, do you want to talk about The Outsider at all? But they don't have anything to talk about it. So instead of letting you talk more, they want to talk about their thing. Now, let me tell you something. I watched Homeland. I, my, my wife loved it. So I watched like a season with her and then like it was going on. It got a little soapy. It was a little too dramatic for me. And not dramatic in like... Like, I understand, like, as writers, you write either what you know or what's convenient. Like, sometimes you want to write a story, but you got to make things convenient. So, like, it has to be, oh, the person who's the enemy is who they're in love with. Or, like, there has to be something that connects them. I get it. It just got a little too, too connected where you were like, all right, is this real or is this, this is just, like, you guys want to be able to tell the story so you've created that. And it got a little dramatic for me. I don't mind drama. I love drama more than I love comedy. Um, but it's just the worst when someone my friend did that he's like oh dude you'd love Homeland I'm like yeah I watched the season I couldn't get into it I'm like oh, what about second season and I'm just like first of all I just brought up a show that you didn't want to talk about because you hadn't seen it you didn't want to ask any questions or know anything now you're on to your show so now we're talking about your show that's fine I told you that I watched a season and it wasn't for me. So now you're trying to pitch me on the other season. Well, guess what? Yeah, I did. I watched two episodes of the second season, and I realized, oh, yeah, this is what I didn't like about the first season. And now it's just getting even more. And they're like, oh, no, but you know what else? And then it's just like, how come every time I just bring something up, you, I'm telling you about something I like. I am, we are actively talking about something that I've told you I enjoy. And you want to take it away from that, bring it back around to you, and tell me about something that you like that I would like. No, I wouldn't. You know what I like? The thing I was just talking about, bro. That's what I like. How about we talk about that? That's what I want to talk about. I was telling you the thing I like. You like Homeland? We can talk about it. I told you I don't like it. So you can tell me what it is that you like. You want to try and change my mind? Fine. But don't jump to something else and tell me I'm going to like. It's another thing. They're like, all right, well, if you don't like that, then I'll jump to Shut up. Listen, I'm not saying I'm great at any of this. Trust me. There's a part of me that thinks like, maybe you do the same exact thing, dude. Maybe you're doing the same exact thing. Maybe I am. I try to be conscious of it, I think. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be like, oh, well, just don't do that. Like... I uh, trust me. I overthink everything. Okay, I think a lot of comedians do so much so. Like I'm hanging out in the green room the other night, and I'm talking to a comic, 
And I made a point to be like, hey, because uh, <laughs> I've been realizing I'm not great socially. I'm not a very good social person. I like smaller groups. When it gets to a big group, I'm like, I don't know who to talk to, who wants to talk to me. There are some people like, man, I would really enjoy. There is, I have a thing with like, there are people that I'm like, oh, man, I would like to talk to that guy because I want to talk to them. But then I'm like, man, what if they don't want to talk to me? Yeah, I, I can't just, what am I going to do? Just go over and start talking to them? Yeah, dummy. That's what people do. They just walk up to other people like, hey, you want to, I thought I've always wanted to talk to you. Can we talk? And they're like, yeah, fucking let's talk. And I'm just always like, nah, I feel too uncomfortable. I don't want to just talk to somebody. I'm, I'm afraid they don't. Why are they going to want to talk to me? That's something I go through on a regular basis. And it's literally been like morphing more in my brain that I'm just like, nah. Like I'm at this Little League meeting last night. It's like, how many meetings we got to go to, guys? I get it. So we're at this meeting. And then afterwards, they like got pizza for everybody. And everyone's just like, all these guys are just talking. And I'm like, I don't know who to talk to. What am I going to do? So I'm going to talk to you. That's what I look at it. I'm like, what am I going to talk to you about? Fucking baseball? Maybe. I don't know. And it's definitely not that. I. It's not like a, I'm like, well, what do you offer? It's not that. It's me that more like I'm like, I, I've gotten to a point, I think, that I've gotten too afraid of like just talking to people where like I'm going to have to like see them again. So I'm like, well, what have we talked about before? You know, I'm working at it. I'm always, it's funny because I got over, I got over the thing of like, I'm really good at, we had one practice. Now I remember every single kid's name and I'm like, how did I do that? Like I care. I think it's because I care about these kids and I don't care about adults. I meet so many adults, man. I met a woman. I met a woman for a shows that I was doing on Friday night. And then I saw her on Saturday because she's working with us. I didn't even know that I met. I, I didn't. It didn't. Whatever. I'm not blaming. I am blaming myself. I'm not, there's as an aspect that I need to work on. But at the same time, I'm just want to be like, well, whatever. Can't some people just not be good at it? And just everyone's just like, yeah, who cares? I don't know. It's probably rude. And that's why I'm working at it. There's just some things that like, I don't know. Some things are just like hard to, uh, this is another thing I was thinking about. So I never, so my dad wasn't around when I was a kid. Okay. So obviously my dad never coached any of my teams. He never came to a game. He told me when, when I saw my dad, when I was 36, you know, I went and uh, I met him and like spent a day with him. I spent like six hours and my wife was working and then she came and met us and hung out. And I remember like we met, we said to her like, yeah, why don't we all meet this Duncan? I was with him. So I went, I'm 36, about 36 and I meet him at, no, I'm like 31 right? Yeah. 31 or 32, 33. And, uh, anyway, I can't remember the age we go and I drive to his town and I meet him at this antique store that he worked at. No, dude, what am I talking about? Sorry guys. This was five years ago. I'm 39. Holy shit. I'm 44 guys. (laughs) So I was 39 at the time. Nope. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? I go to meet him. I'm like 36. And uh, then my wife comes to me. So I go up there. I meet him at the antique store. I remember the first thing when I met him, I was like, wow, he's so much smaller. Because when you're little, you know, I hadn't seen him since I was like 10. So he was giant. I remember doing pull-ups on his arm one time when I was really young, younger than 10. I think I was like probably six or something like that. And he was always bigger. And he obviously he was younger then, so he was healthier. And you know, I think a lot of people get sh- they shrink when they get older. And he like definitely shrunk, and I grew. And I remember like not being intimidated. I thought I was going to be super intimidated. And I was like, oh, this guy's like an old man. And when we were kids, like we used to go to McDonald's. That was the thing. Like we'd see him. I don't think we saw him once a week. I thought I think we saw him like maybe once every two weeks, three weeks, month, week, depending. You know, I think it always changed. 
And most of what I remember would be bowling, McDonald's, his house with, with his, his wife, and uh, antique stores. One specifically, because when I was in fifth grade, I went and worked with them for a day at an antique store. That's the only one I remember. I don't remember which one it was. I just remember things about it. Anyway, he would always eat Big Macs. He would get Big Macs and milks. And I remember just seeing like a Big Mac in his hand being like, wow, look at that thing. Um. Anyway, Jesus, why did I get to this? Anyway, I spent the day with him. I went, met him at the antique store. He and I went to lunch at this place he goes to. We ate. Then we drove around. Then he showed me some stuff that he brought for me if I wanted it in his in his trunk. Then we drove around for a while. Like he drove around like his town, like where he grew up, and like showed me places. And then like he and which is by the way. This is something I do. Like one of the things I love to do when I get home, like if I have a really good show, I used to do this in Massachusetts. Like when I would be done with a night, like if I had been out with my girlfriend or with my friends, if I was driving home and there was a good song on the radio, I would wait till that's, I wanted to like pull in the driver when that song was ending. So I'd go like, there's like some houses in my town that I loved, you know? So I would go, up this one street I can't remember left on high street take high street all the way down to the street I can't remember take and then you know going up on high street there was like one two three houses I liked this this other house down by the golf course I loved go across main street farmhouse over here I love this weird French chateau house I loved then down the road there was a farm now it's gone they've made it into houses he sold his land then down this other thing down past our golf course, little nine hole, at Spanish house across the street that I loved. Then I go past this other house. Nicole Grazik lived in this house. This was one of the first things. I always have loved houses. And Nicole Grazik, this girl I went, I grew up with, she lived in this, this white house. It was an older house. And it had like uh, pillars out front, like Greek pillars. And there were like two really cool things in her house. One, they had like a knight, you know, like a, like a knight like armor suit of armor night and two in the kitchen they had a grandfather clock you're like okay what's the big deal with the grand you don't see grandfather clocks a lot anymore you know what i mean remember cosby's had one i think they had a, a grandfather clock but this grandfather clock was a fucking door with stairs up to her brother's room like that was his room you come right down the kitchen and a few years back, I I was ho- I had hosted that show, this Best Bars in America, and we had a little extra money, and we were going to try and buy a house. We put four offers on houses, got none of them. And at that point, my daughter was coming, and we're like, let's just wait. And, uh, you know, we, that was that. But one of the houses had, in the living room, it was like built on a hill, one of the houses we put an offer in. And... It had a living it had a living room and there used to be a door there that went to like this like space that was like unfinished and then the stairs. And I said to my wife, I'm like, if we get this house, I'm putting a grandfather clock in there and that's gonna be a secret door to the basement. And we really liked that house and we didn't get it. But anyway, that was something I loved. So I would do these drives. So when I was driving around with my dad, he took me to all his places and I was just like, Oh man, this is like this is what I've always done. Like, we do the same thing, which is a really weird thing to, like, find that out about yourself. Like, oh, you had so much connected to this person that made you that you don't have any relationship with. And I loved it. And then, like, we went and, like, pulled over. Like, we sat next to, like, a... uh, We sat in his car next to, like, the water. Because, you know, his town was, like, on the water in uh, North Shore, Massachusetts. Essex, a little town called Essex. And uh, we just sat there and like talked and like he told me stories and it was just, it was anyway. And then my wife came up later and I was like, we texted and I was like, yeah, meet us at this Dunkin' Donuts, you know? And she got up there around like, I probably met him around like one and then she was meeting us around seven maybe, something like that, maybe six. Um, and then we went to the Dunkin' Donuts and he met her and then we all hung out and he was he wasn't rude to her but he definitely he tried to intimidate her he like tried to bully her a little bit probably because he was feeling judged you know he's feeling judged like oh she's probably looking at me like i'm this bad dad blah 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 
And it's funny because I remember when he started doing it, I looked at him like, he's just trying to intimidate you. Like he's bullying you right now. And my wife's a badass. She was just like, all right. And she was like kind of laughing and smiling. Like she wasn't taking any shit. And she'd just come from work and she looked unbelievable. It was it was an interesting thing. But I remembered that um that uh that insecurity in him when I was a kid, when I was real little, like when we would like have friends, like when we would do stuff with him with friends, which I honestly probably only happened like two or three times. I in this I can only remember this one occasion. We were in his van. He always had vans. He was an antique dealer. You gotta be able to throw like a dresser. If you can go to a house and get a dresser for free, you want to be able to throw it in a van. My dad had a really good eye, so some people might not know the value of something, but he did because he knew like he studied a lot. And uh like uh, furniture and silver was his big thing and uh i just remember being in this van and my brother had a friend there and he my dad said something to him that like it was scary like he said he was just something mean it was sarcastic and it was like some the way i would probably talk to people now (laughs) which i mean but i do i i mean to be mean you know and i think that's part of my humor and for him that probably was part of his but it came off mean and i saw that with my wife anyway guys i'm going a long way just to get to this one point so when we were sitting there he said to my wife he goes you know he uh <laughs> this he's still mad at me cuz i never went to like any of his soccer games he goes well i went to a game one time he goes i went to a game one time <laughs> and i was like oh like this is the first time i'm ever finding out that he was at this game cuz i used to play indoor soccer in middle school up near where he lived or like kind of lived. And I guess he came to a game. I guess he said like I had been asking him to come to a game. I don't remember. And uh, he, I guess he showed up. I didn't see him. He left before the game was over and he's like, and he goes, and you know, he was playing goalie and they lost like six to nothing. He was, he was terrible. And my wife is sitting there like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, he's looking at her like, can you believe he expects me to come to a game? And then he's talking about how bad we were. And she, in her head, she, because I, I know her, she's like, yeah, you go to your kids' games. You support them, whether they're good or they're bad. You you encourage them. You, uh, you know, you let them know that losing is a part of it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. <sighs> so... When I'm coaching these kids and I'm coaching my son, I am going from a blank script. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of friends who's when growing up, I remember a lot of my friends' dads coaching us. You know, like eventually we got to a point where we had coaches. You know what I mean? When you get older. But like when we were young, those are just parents volunteering to help out. And then you get older and then some some parents are like, no, I think uh, I'm pretty good at this. You know, like. You know, I have a friend, Mike, who's a writer. He writes on Tacoma FD. Kevin Heffernan, Steve Lemmy show. What's up? It's on True TV. If you're not watching it, season two, I believe, March 29th, something like that. Give it a look. Those guys are the best. Anyway, my, my buddy Mike writes on it, and he's like, he won minors last year. I remember, like, he him winning minors. He was so stoked, and it was so I was stoked. I'm like, dude, I, we watched the game. I don't have any stake in it. And my son isn't like, I don't know how to coach him because I don't have an example of what that's like. Not saying that everyone needs that, but like when I'm going into it, I'm just like, well, this is how I'm going to do it. And I don't know if I'm doing it right. Like I was saying this to my wife, like I was like telling her stuff and she's like, you know, you don't have to worry about it. I go, listen, I'm not worrying. I'm telling you that as a human being, I am going to constantly observe and dissect every situation in my life. When I'm in a green room talking to comedians, I'm going to dissect how I'm talking, what I'm talking about, am I being social, and how I can be more social. And when when I'm coaching my kid, I'm going to think, am I doing it right? Do I need to do I need to back off a little and let him is would he be better suited if I wasn't his coach? You know, he loves having me as a coach, but guess what? You're fucking around, dude, because I'm here. None of those kids were fucking around at my practice. None of them except for my kid and my my good friend Dave's son, 
Dave is my assistant coach and his son. But his son's like pretty good at sports. And, uh, you know, anyway, I just decided yesterday, I'm like, oh, man, I think like, I think I understand how to talk to kids. And I think I understand how to like give enough discipline, enough structure, enough fun, and and enough knowledge to let them be good. And this is like, I'm dealing with six, four, I got a four-year-old, six, five, and four-year-olds. But like the exciting thing will be when they get older because there's things you can learn and philosophies and that's when you like that's when you get the kids too that are like maybe a little more into it and that's when you can like really break stuff down. Anyway. You guys are like, this guy, Jay, you're such a fucking head case. I know. I'm trying not to swear as much as well. Working with Bargazzi. If you haven't watched Nate's stand-up, please do because he's awesome but i also like you got to work clean and i i worked clean for such a long time and then working with nate i was like oh yeah you know i i kind of like the challenge of not swearing and i kind of like just not swearing and i'm realizing like just like when i'm swearing with you working with nate i became way more aware of like how much i swore outside of the stage as well and uh i don't know it's just like no point for it i'm in my head a lot guys I thought about this. I don't think I could go to outer space. Ask yourself right now, can you do it? Could you do it? Could you go to outer space? Nope. You can't, dude. Maybe you can. Let me just write that down. Because this, this should be a stand-up bit. Can you do it? Because I feel like the whole time... I would just be freaking out. Not like because I was scared, but because I would just be like, what? Because as much as we look up at the moon, like, do you ever like go outside and it's sun still out and the moon's up and you're just like, what? What is that doing there? That's there? Listen, I'm not even suggesting that you try to conceptualize the idea that if you were on the moon and you had a rocket booster that lasted forever and someone tied your hands together, okay, and then turned the rocket on and just shot you out. I mean, not saying like a 100-mile-an-hour rocket. Let's say 50-mile-an-hour rocket, right, on your back. That guess what? It would go forever, What, dude? If you're not losing your mind right now, what do you... Th- what? What? Let me tell you something right now. This studio has a boundary I can go outside of. My yard has a boundary I can go outside of. My town has a boundary I can go outside of. The state, the state does, the United States does, and then it gets to the earth. And then what, dude? Then what? All I'm saying is I I think I would lose my mind in outer space knowing that. I remember one time in the desert, I was out in the desert. Now, was I doing mushrooms? Yes. Is that the point of the story? No. I'm in Joshua Tree in the desert, campfire. We're like we're in like a little site so there's like big rocks all around us. And by rocks, I mean they're big. They're giant like the size of houses around us in our campsite. And I go to the edge of the campsite next to one of those boulders. To go to the bathroom. Moon's out. Fire's going. My buddy's already gone into the tent. I'm the only one awake. And I look out at the desert that's lit by the moon. Now, was I on mushrooms? Yes. Does it matter? No. All I said was, just start walking. That's what my brain said. Just go, dude. And I was like, it it freaked me out. Because if you look on a map... If you go to Joshua Tree and you start hiking and you look on a map and you're like, uh, you like look at a map of Joshua Tree, like, all right, yeah, we're right there. And then you look at a boulder that's enormous and then you climb it and you look out and all you can see is desert. That's all you can see. Just like looking out at the ocean. Imagine being out of the ocean. Like, yep, that's all it is, dude. All right. Then you look at a map 
of like the state and you see the size of Joshua Tree in the state. And then you look at the size of that state inside the United States and then you look out, you're like, holy shit, I'm minuscule. Think about being in outer space that just, it would go on forever. There'd be nothing. You just, nothing. Or would there? Would there be something? Then you start, that's why I'm saying if I was in outer space, I would constantly be like be looking out the window like, are we going to see something? Like, what do you know? Like, I trip out over the idea of super deep parts of the ocean. Like, you're going to tell me that like way out in the ocean in the middle of nowhere, all the way at the bottom, no one's, ever, we don't know what's down there. Could there be something down there? Yeah, there could. Could there not be? Yeah, there could not be. I don't know. I'm just saying the idea of uh, outer space just freaks me out. Like if I get into those things, I I I I will just like uh, my brain will just be like, "Oh, you gotta stop, dude." You know what I mean? It'll just be like, "You gotta stop" because it's gonna blow your mind. You will bl- literally blow your mind up. I think some of these ideas are when people start to go crazy. People are like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is when Jay Larson went crazy. Like in five years from now, people are like, yeah, you fucking hear about Larson? You're like, what? And like, I don't know. He was like running down Sunset Boulevard in his underwear, just screaming about uh, shrimp tacos. And uh, I don't know. He's pretty fucked up. And people are like, you know what? I remember he did this podcast when he's talking about outer space. And I think that's when he really started to lose it. This was a funny story that I I wrote down. This is a, Am I grateful that I have that I can walk? Yeah. It's something like we try to like impress upon our kids all the time like, yeah, you're not just lucky cuz you have Legos. You're not just lucky that you have toys and a bike and you know what I mean? Like those are the things that kids they take those for granted, let alone the roof and the food. You know what I mean? And yeah, you're like, okay, Jay, what are you, my grandma? No, but seriously, like there are people who can't walk and there are people who can't talk. And I have a niece who has microcephaly, which means her brain stopped growing. And if your brain doesn't grow, then it's called, you know, microcephaly, small. Anyway, she'll never walk. She'll never talk. She'll never eat outside of a feeding tube and yet we'll FaceTime with her and like she she like she cracks me and and my wife up and the kids love her and now like they've always been like so sweet and attracted to her and she's in a wheelchair and now they're kind of like asked like wondering more about her and like we were FaceTime with the other day and she'll make like grunts you know what I mean and she'll she'll make these grunts and uh so then my, then like my kids started grunting back and it was like this like kind of beautiful thing. And at the same time we were like, we don't know. I, I don't know. I, I've never asked whether or not she can understand what we're saying to her. I think she does. So like, I'm like, you can, you can just say what you say. That's how she's communicating back. She's like getting excited. She gets so excited. And I'll, I'll never forget like when, uh, when the kids first met her, like they had seen her on FaceTime and known her on FaceTime, but like face to face, you know? And like my son was like going up to her and like gra- grabbing her. And we're like, oh, Reed, be careful. And my sister-in-law goes, no, she loves it. Like she loves like f- like feeling stuff, you know, because she doesn't, I, I don't know what she can feel. And she just loves the interaction. It was the most beautiful thing. Anyway, like that's something else you should you should be thankful for him. Like we, we lose sight of that. I played in this golf tournament. Rob Riggle puts on a golf tournament and Rory Scovell, he's a younger, uh, up and coming comedian. He like got invited me to go with, and we were playing and I was playing with this guy, Matt Walsh, who's a very funny dude. He's on that show Veep, And he's been in tons of stuff. Um, and I was like Rob Riggle, his charity is for wounded Marines. So there was a lot of guys there from the foundation, you know, wounded Marines. And I was talking to Matt about how my sciatic has been crazy. Like I got to have this. It's been going on for like four years in the last two. It's been terrible. And now I'm finally getting an MRI. So I was complaining about it. 
and a golf cart pulled up and one of these vets was in it no legs and we i went over and shook his hand started talking for a little while and then they were like all right have a great round we're like all right later man and i went over to matt and i go next time i complain about my sciatic punch me in the face dude punch me in the face because like it's so easy life is so easy to complain about all this shit we that bothers us because we have everything you know so we keep trying to impress on our kids i don't know where the hell this came from (laughs) we're trying to impress on our kids to like uh you know you're not just lucky to have legos you're lucky to have a roof and water and food and uh school and whatever am i preaching probably I'm a little preachy. This was the point. I was getting ice cream with my friend. We were getting burgers. This was a year, a couple years back. And there was a woman in a wheelchair who was old, very old. She was in a wheelchair because she, it, it appeared that she was in a wheelchair because she was old, not because she had had a disability. And the people she was with were feeding her the ice cream, right? And my buddy looks at me and goes, be thankful, you know, for what you have. Like, look at this poor woman. And we sat down and I go, this poor woman? I go, this chick is doesn't even have to walk and people are feeding her ice cream? That chick's got it dialed in, bro. I thought it'd be amazing like, if she stood up and walked away and was like, thank you. <laughs> like... That's how much she's hoodwinked everybody. I guess there wasn't as much there once you like really talk about it. But I, what I'm saying, I guess at the end of the day, I try to uh, always appreciate what I have. But at the same time, I'm not going to like let a joke slide, you know. Some jokes are just going to be funny, you know. Funny's funny. I saw someone say that the other day. Funny is funny. I guess within the capacity of... Uh, having morals to some extent. This is a classic with my wife. Everyone lies. Okay? Everyone lies. I don't care who you are. And that's that's why I don't trust anyone. I trust everyone to just be themselves. I don't trust you to give me the right answer. I trust you to be yourself. So that's why I like to get to know people because once I get to know you, then I realize... Oh, yeah. This guy's going to lie once in a while. It'll probably be able to... This this person's going to give you good advice. This person knows good directions. That person... You know what I mean? You just start learning people. But everybody lies. And don't tell me... Don't tell me an exaggeration isn't... Yes, it is. It's a lie. It's a lie. I do it all the time. I will exaggerate a story by one of... Like, if... Let's just say... I was telling a story about how at a show, five people got food poisoning. When I told you the story, do you know how many people would have gotten food poisoning? Seven. I don't know why. Because just for some reason, I never think five would be enough. Five, because that's what happened, it never seems to be enough. It always like, that should be one or two more. Like, dude, you know how many people got food poisoning at this show? Seven people. Five is extraordinary for people to get food poisoning. Mainly because comedy club food is all fried. Okay? But I don't know why I always do it. I do. I always bump it up a couple. I'm not sure why. So we had friends over. This was a Thanksgiving long a long ways back. And... Someone spilled red wine. And they're just like, ah, how do we clean this up? You know, and they feel bad. It's our house. And we're like, my wife grabs a towel and goes, here, just use this one. It's already dirty. Okay? They start wiping it up. Now, it wasn't dirty. And then I go, so I look at her, I go, so by dirty, do you mean it's a brown towel that used to be white, but you washed it with something that was brown, and now it's brown. And she goes, yeah, dirty. And I'm like, no, lie. That's a lie. 
It's not a dirty towel. It's because in my head, this woman I know and I love, and P.S., this is something I love about her, is that this is how she explains things. Her mother is the same way, which I love. I always call her. Her mother will say things, and everyone just like accepts things, and I go, are we all just going to let this lie happen? This woman's lying right now, and everyone's just fine with it. I don't know why. We accept lies so much in the world. My mother tried to tell my friend that she made a, a tomato sauce from scratch when, in fact, it came out of a jar. And she just sat there to my face and I go, you didn't make this sauce. And she goes, yes, I did. And I go, I know you didn't. She goes, I did. And I go, mom, you did not make this sauce. And she goes, yes, I did, Jason. And I go, no, you didn't. And everyone's kind of like, dude, like lay off. And I'm like, no, not laying off. She's lying. And then she goes, you know what, Jason? I made the sauce, but I ran out of it. So I had to add some jar sauce to it. Are you happy? You know what I said? I go, no. Because you're still lying. I investigated in the trash barrel, which is in the the doorway. You open the door to the basement, and there's like enough room there, like a landing. It's a trash barrel. Four, four tomato sauce jars, like one Prego, one Rayos, maybe another Prego. That's what this woman considered making. Okay, was combining. Random sauce. The point being, and people have gotten on me about this being like, dude, lay up on your... No, I'm not going to. Because where does it end? Okay? Where does it end? We're all lying a little bit. But for some reason, when people get a little older, we just kind of like, all yeah, right, we just let it slide. And with my mother-in-law's case, her family, they know her. Now, I know her too, but they've known her forever. And this is how she's always been. It's always been like, well, my mother-in-law will say stuff, and you'll be like, really? And she's like, well, I think so. And you're like, well, you just said factually. You just told us like a really big thing that like the water is poisoned in upstate New York. And now I'm questioning you, and you're like, well, I don't know. Could be. And you're like, no, no, yeah, yeah, a lot of things could be. But we don't just go throwing it around willy-nilly. What are you doing? And that's what she was doing. <sighs> what I'm saying is, I guess at the end of the day, it's okay if you lie. As long as the people that you're lying to know that you're a liar. I think I'm going to end the podcast right there. What? I love you guys so much. I love being able to sit here. And uh, if you're enjoying the podcast and you like listening, please, Wilmington, Burlington, Wilmington, North Carolina, Burlington, Vermont. If you live close, drive up, make a night. If you don't, tell friends that live there. If you don't, just post it on your social media. Hey, this is one of my favorite comedians. Here's a clip of him. Put up the wrong number and say he's in Burlington and here. You should go see him. Even if five people come, even if two people come from you and 20 of you do it, that's 40 people. I just want people at my shows, and I want to just like uh, be able to continue to make content. If I don't have people at my shows, I can't. I'm not putting it on you, but I'm putting it on you. I love you guys. Talk to you next week.